Hey everyone, it's Maribel Blue with another Maribel Blue Unfiltered on KEM Top Talk. I have a lot to cover today. We are going to discuss the topic of trust and how that has influenced a lot of family, friendships, uh, relationships, how that ties into um, building your relationships and how that has affected many of relationships, even, you know, friendships slash relationships that have lasted for years and how it can be instantaneously broken either through gossip, through misunderstanding, through cheating, I mean, through anything. And this includes includes family as well. I think it's super important to also reflect the the family trust because this is where it all stems from this is where we learn trust and and relying on on our family members namely our parents if we were you know raised by two parents or even one parent for that matter we learn to rely on them rely the on the things that they're telling us their guide definitely want to hit on this topic with different reality TV shows. I've been catching up on everything. I even caught up on The Walking Dead because it comes back tomorrow. And that's one of my shows that I binge watched from like years after it had aired. And um, I caught up (laughs) like literally in days, just the the eight episodes because this AMC app once you start watching it, you only have like a certain amount of days to watch all of the eight episodes. And I'm like, dude, don't you know that I have a fucking life after this? So yes, I'm very, very excited to have these discussions on this show of Unfiltered. So as always, let's start with some intros. Let's play Bus Pimp's shout out because I love his sexy voice. I love his shout out. Start with some music. And let's get going to a new Maribel Blue Unfiltered. Hey, this is Bus Pimp, and you're listening to Maribel Blue Unfiltered on KEM Top Talk Radio. before I started so I know that I'm being recorded and welcome to the show everybody this is a new live Maribel Blue 
filtered. And I'm excited to talk about all of these different reality shows that really touch upon the aspect of trust and how this has affected many of relationships. It's just been crazy, all of these reality TV shows, relationships that are going on. And one of the, of course, the top ones that I wanted to talk about was the Shahs of Sunset. The Shahs of Sunset came back, uh, not last week, but the week before. And basically it was just, a reintroduction of everybody in their lives. What have they been doing the past season? How things have changed. Reza has a beautiful house. He's living this fantastic life with Adam. Adam is on the fence now about having children. I don't know what changed his mind because Adam was very adamant about being a parent and having children and all of this stuff. So I don't know what changed his mind I always felt like Adam mm, how can I put this without being so mean I always felt like Adam was not really put together Um, he just seemed very uncertain about decisions that he would make Um, and you know there were a lot of times that even in this past episode Reza spoke down to him and he did tell him, you know, like, please don't talk to me like that. Or please don't call me these names. Don't call me stupid. I think, um, he had told him now just to give you a little rundown. I did put a history of each person on Maribel blue unfiltered. So if you've never watched this show and you need a little history background, definitely look at my articles. I have so many articles that I have not finish writing I actually like there are some I'm at the tail end and there are days that it's not like I have writer's block but it's just like a a weird feeling where I really can't sit and concentrate um on my writing and putting my thoughts together which I really hate when um I feel that way I mean there are days that the words just flow and then there are days that the words are just jumbled all in my head and then I go to sit down and try to write And then I have just trouble putting it all together so that it makes sense and I'm not long-winded because I really hate like these long-ass articles. You know, people start writing an article and they just go through too much of a rundown before they get to the actual story. So sometimes I try to be mindful of how I write and just really try and get to the point. I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong with a little bit of teaser, but when the teaser is like, you know, three pages long and you still haven't gotten to the meat of the what the article was written for, then, you know, you lose me and you probably lose a lot of your readers in the process. So I, like I was talking about with the Shahs of Sunset, so this this past week, Destiny, there's a girl named Destiny. She came in, I think, last season. And Destiny apparently came from, I guess, one of these, like, couch shows where they would, you would get, like, their reaction and shit like that. And, I mean, it's not like they don't know her, like, she's a stranger or anything like that. She's not, and she's known, you know, by the cast. They are friends. However, I just 
was confused with the purpose of her presence on the show. It was like she was looking for her father. She was begging her mom for all of this information. There was a lot of crying. There was a lot of boo-hooing and all of this stuff. And I was, like, so confused. I mean, it's like, really? All I remember, Destiny, is, like, this noise. And it just, it just kept getting worse and worse. I need to know where my father is. Somebody please tell me. I just need to know. I'm just so confused. I just need to. I mean, it's like, okay, enough. We get it. You lost your father. All of this shit happened. And you can't find him. And you want to reconnect with him. It just, for me, again, my own personal opinion, it was over the fucking top. It was like. Maybe your father doesn't want to be found. Maybe your father went back to Iran. Maybe your father started a whole family. And then we were all subjected to this constant banter of, I need this information. I need that information so I could find my father and all this stuff. And that's all I remember of destiny of the, uh, of the, the season that she came in, that she was just crying about her father. Now, she may have done some appearances, I believe she did before then, where she was like an advisor, you know, telling Mike how to be in a relationship, being Reza's friend. I don't know. I mean, I like Destiny. I just don't see the purpose of her being there. I really don't. I mean, it's like, if it's like on a guest thing, I think like Shervin has more of, of, a, of a presence within the Shahs of Sunset than Destiny does. Again, my own personal opinion, I'm entitled to it. Look, you know, I have a Twitter account at mblue unfiltered. It's all about, you know, reality TV and 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 you know, The Bachelor, which is also reality TV, whatever. And I talk about non-adult stuff on that account. So if you'd like to follow me there, you're more than welcome to. If you are some type of adult entertainer, please don't take offense if I don't follow you back. I just want to see more of the reality television spectrum and other things and, you know, and not so much adult on that account. So with all that being said, Reza had put out a tweet Um not too long ago, actually a couple of days ago, and I'm just going to pull up his account. Um, of course, now it's not going to come up. <sighs> Why don't I do these things in advance? <laughs> just like, then I wouldn't be going through all of this shit. You know what? I'm just going to pull up my account because I'm not going to find it through trying to find Reza and at least see the, the um, M blue unfiltered comes in. So Reza had tweeted about what had gone on in the episode where destiny had a conversation with some guy named Ollie. Now, apparently Ollie is like, you know, he's like the, the hometown gossiper, I guess of, of their group. And he was talking about, um, he was talking about Reza and he was talking about Adam. He was mostly talking about Adam and um, the things that 
Adam was texting to um, to him and to other people. Now, apparently, Adam has a habit of texting inappropriate texts, and I guess he thinks he's okay. This is why I say, like, I feel like Adam is not really well put together because I think when he gets to know somebody a little bit, and he's like, oh, okay, well, you know, I could just send a picture of my dick, and that's going to be okay. And that's never okay. Um, I mean, example, recently, a friend of mine um, called me up, and he had her, I didn't have a voicemail message on my phone for a long time. It was just like the generic, you know, you have reached blah, blah, blah number. And just recently I had put my voice on it. I don't know why. I guess I just felt like doing it because I was just bored. So they give me a call and then they come out and they say how my voice sounded so fucking sexy. Now, to me, it was inappropriate because this is a person that I've known for a long time. Um, they are going through a situation right now. I don't want to get into the details of what that is. And that situation um, affects that person and another person that I'm friends with, the both of them. And when they left that message, I felt it was extremely inappropriate. And I did address it right away. I didn't waste time. I didn't sit there and, and you know, just hate and be all grossed out or, you know, whatever it is. I made a point of texting that person right away and addressing the situation and letting them know, listen, that was like super inappropriate. And they apologized. They even followed up with a phone call apology not too long ago. I guess it was bothering them for whatever reason. And, you know, they made it a point to call me up and apologize and say that was fucked up. It was wrong. Okay, fine. And I'm glad for that. And it's things like that, that, you know, when you're uncomfortable about something, you should address it with that person right away. And in this situation, in the Shahs of Sunset, and this dude, Ali, you know, he was talking shit to Destiny. He had this conversation with her. He told her, this is what Adam is doing, and he's playing strip Jenga. It was just, it was just messy. Now, a lot of people didn't feel that Destiny was wrong or did something wrong because like I said it's a little bit of a messy situation so the rumor is that MJ also known as Mercedes but you know a lot of times they call her MJ they call her Mercedes her mom I think calls her Mercedes she was in the middle of having a baby and she was in ICU because she had some complications after she had her baby. And she was being accused of telling Ali all of this shit. And Ali went back and told Destiny. And then Destiny turned around and told Mike because she didn't know how to confront Reza. And look, at the end of the day, I had put down on my Twitter to Reza, Gonessa, and Andy. I hope this gets resolved. 
for real, but not for nothing, at Destiny Rose should have known better before running her mouth. Never believe someone who is a liar, or even if you suspect that the person is a liar. As for you and MJ, hope you can be friends again. That's a lot of years to throw away. Now think about, I'm getting to the point, okay, about trust and all of this stuff. MJ and Reza have been friends for many, many years. When you start inviting outside forces into your friendship, it creates a big problem because these people have trusted each other with everything. I mean, Reza had sex with her, and that was just him, I guess, experimenting on being with a woman, and that's who he trusted at that point. He's, you know, he's gay, he's married, he's happily married with Adam or so, you know, we, we want to believe from, from what we're seeing, but at the end of the day, that's just a big no-no. So going back to people feeling like Destiny didn't do anything wrong, I think that she did. I think that when you're sitting there listening to somebody discuss someone else's business and you're having all of these reactions like, oh my God, how am I going to tell him the truth? How am I going to tell him this? How am I going to tell him that? Or, I mean, how you stop the person from talking, you pick up the phone and say, hey, Reza, I'm sitting here with Ali and he said, A, B, and C, I want you to know this now because I don't know what's going on. And perhaps this is something that you need to resolve. And that's that. And then people just come in and make excuses about how, well, she didn't do anything wrong. She went to my, no, she didn't go to Reza directly. She went to somebody else to get advice on how to address it. And at the end of the day, when you're friends with somebody and a situation arises from another third party, you should really trust yourself, trust your friendship with that person and be able to go to them directly. Now, would it have still been ugly? Yeah, of course, because you know what? Reza doesn't like Ali and it would have came from anywhere. Reza still would have gotten mad. So even if Destiny would have went to him directly, which she should have, he still would have gotten mad. And she wouldn't have had any control over his behavior or his reaction to what the things that Ali was saying. Of course, everybody blows a lot of things out of proportion. And okay, you know, like I said, everybody has their own personal opinion. I have my own personal opinion. This is the way I see things. I'm not saying that I'm all right and everybody is all wrong. What I'm just saying is, is that this is the way I view the situation. And it's sad because we're talking about Reza and MJ have been friends for many, many, many years. And you have to question sometimes, is it worth having a friendship thrown away from these external forces that want to come in and talk all of this shit and cause friction within, you know, relationships that are blossoming and being happy? Okay, then here's, of course, the flip side. This is reality TV. Reality television is based on drama and, and 
you know, I think for television purposes, okay, if these were people like acting out in a soap opera, then I would get it. But then at the same time, I say to myself, I don't know if I would want to have friends like like this. And I'm not talking about the Shots of Sunset cast. I'm just talking about people's personality in general that are filled with so much drama. I mean, there are a lot of times that I don't want to just talk to certain people because every time I reach out to them or talk to them or say whatever, it's like a whole spew of drama opens up this door and questions, of course, my trust with friendships that I have with people, um, things that I may say that they will take it under the account that it's okay to address me in a certain way or address the situation by not having any consideration or um, empathy. So, <laughs> excuse me. So I have experienced that and it has made me really super concerned to share with people about things that I'm going through. So in that aspect of trust, I think that Reza and, you know, we have to keep watching to find out what's going on. But I think that Reza definitely needs to have a conversation with MJ about what transpired. Because I know that MJ, she, you know, her mother doesn't come from a, a loving place. Her mother is very mean. She says very demeaning things to her about her body, about the way she looks and all of this stuff. And, you know, sometimes when you're coming from this place of of growing up with the family that you trust that say these negative things to you, you will have trouble trusting other people, even if they're coming with good intentions from a good place. Now you're under the suspicion, well, why are they being so nice to me? Why are they saying these nice things to me? I don't understand. What do they want? And it's important to ask questions and not just assume that because somebody is being nice to you that they are coming from not a good place. So these are one of the things to definitely consider when you know you're exploring these different friendship opportunities in what people are seeking for in friendships. Why do people become friends? Because they have things in common and they have good conversation and they like hanging out or they like eating at the same places or, or hanging out at the same bar, whatever the case may be. Like who, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. The thing that matters is that both of you have a common, a common thing where you like doing the same things. And that's, what's important. It's not going to make any sense if you're a person who doesn't like hanging out in bars, but your friend likes hanging out in bars, and then you're like sitting there hanging out in a bar and you don't want to be there. So there you go. <laughs> I mean, it's like if you're going to be hanging out, maybe hopefully you'll be driving your friend home and that's about it. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. So I was making some notes because I really didn't want to leave anything out. The other thing that I wanted to talk about was Adam and sending these inappropriate texts to people. Um, I don't know. I mean, if I was in a relationship 
and um, and I was sending pictures of my boobs to other male friends. I don't think that my partner would be too happy to know that I am sharing pictures of my breast with other men, especially if he's friends with those men. <laughs> I mean, it's like that would be wrong and fucked up. And will a trust be broken there? Yes, absolutely it would be. That, that I mean, it's like then he's going to have to be checking my phone. Not that I would do anything like that, but come on. I mean, it's like, you got to have common sense. Adam, why are you sending pictures of your dick? And why do you think that it's okay to do something like that? And then when like Reza addresses him, it's like he's talking to a child. And I just find this relationship like super odd. Okay. You know, everybody's relationship is different and, for whatever reason that Reza wound up with Adam and they love each other, et cetera. Okay, fine. So be it. But I don't know. Sometimes I, I see the way they speak to each other and the way they are with each other. And I don't see like this relationship being on an even playing ground. I see Reza as more of the dominant person. And I would look at him and think that he will want somebody who's as equally driven and equally dominant, somebody who challenges him, somebody who can make him a better person, I guess, through those challenges. That's just the way I see it. My opinion. So I'm going to take a quick break because I got to get up and turn on my fan because now it's getting hot in my studio and I knew I should have had the fan on. So we will be right back with more Maribel Blue Unfiltered. Mistress, female supremacist, superior female, dominatrix. I am all of those things and so much more. It is time to abandon your inhibitions. It is time to let go. It is time to surrender to Goddess Natasha. Now scurry off and visit worshipnatasha.com. Locked in Lust is number one in chastity devices and the complete male experience. Shop the Vice Mini, Standard, and Plus and use promo code ALYSSAB at checkout. Visit kinkymag.com and click on their top banner ad, LockedInLust.com. Hey, this is Mistress Onyx, and you're listening to Maribel Blue Unfiltered 
on KEM Top Talk Radio. Hey everyone, it's Maribel Blue. I'm back with some more Unfiltered, and the topic is trust on this show, and we're talking about different levels of trust within the reality television spectrum and all of the drama that's been going on. And I turned on my fan. I needed to take a short break, drink some water, turn on my fan because it got a little too hot in here. And I'm going to now lower. I'm literally sitting directly under the fan. So, um, and then once it starts going, then I get a little cold. I can't have it hitting my back because now, I guess in my old age, I'm like super sensitive muscles, like falling apart and shit like that. But anyway, so yes, the topic is trust. And we just finished talking about the Shahs of Sunset and the things that were going on there with Reza and MJ and Adam and Ali and Destiny and just all of these things that transpired um, in the last episode. And Shahs will be back with a new episode tomorrow. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing what happens next with this thing that's going on. And just a little tidbit, I noticed that Gonessa is now not speaking to Shervin because I believe that Shervin is also getting into the cannabis business or he's in it and now she's upset over it. I mean, it's like Gigi sometimes is like a, a kid and apparently she's pregnant. She's going to have her baby in May. And I'm like, Lord, help this girl and help her raise this child. Because I think some of these women, I mean, I guess it's a blessing in disguise that that women today can freeze their eggs and be like, okay, well, I'm ready to become a mom. I don't know if there is really such thing where you're truly ready. You could be ready financially, and that's great. Um, you can hire a babysitter if the, in the event that you just can't deal with it for whatever reason that is. But, you know, having a child is a big responsibility. It's not something to be taken lightly, and it's not a, a doll. I mean, they even have dolls that are life like that, you know, act like babies just to kind of give you a trial of motherhood and, and what it is that you're getting into. So... I don't even think I would want that. Let me tell you something. I love my sleep so much that, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm just talking out of not having the experience of being a mom. And I think, you know, when you're, when you are a mom and, and you have a baby and that baby is relying on you, maybe the attitude is different, but I love my sleep. And I think to myself, Oh my God, like, I don't know what I would do with myself if my baby got up and I would have to get up out of my sleep. But, you know, like I said, um, I'm not a mother, so maybe it would be different if I was, and, and I would welcome the opportunity because that is my child, and it's my responsibility to take care of that baby. So with all that being said, we're moving on to the Real Housewives of Atlanta. We're going to talk a little bit about Kenya because Kenya is very, very, very messy. I was talking with my neighbor about her last night. We were laughing with the cookie lady. And if you're following the Real Housewives of Atlanta, Kenya came back after, I think, a two-season hiatus, I want to say. She is 
a she's you know she's she's been one of I think I started watching the show when she was on um and she was having an argument with Portia and that was like my introduction of the real housewives and I was like oh my god wow I got to sit down and watch this show and there are some people that just refuse to get into it I guess for whatever reason it is but I was quite entertained let me tell you they the Real Housewives of Atlanta is definitely a different animal. I get all of my little quotes and sayings from them, and I love the shade that they all throw to each other in one form or another, except for Kenya. I think Kenya, when she throws shade at people, she just comes for them and 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 does it in a way where you just get to hate her even more. <laughs> and I don't know why would anybody trust her. So Kenya's upbringing was she was abandoned by her mom. So unfortunately, her trust level is out the window. Kenya, I don't think would trust anybody. And I think once that little girl of hers, because she has a daughter, once that little girl starts walking and talking and answering back to her, she is going to look at that little girl in a different light. And I pray to the universe that she will not um, hinder her daughter's growth because she may want her to be a different way. And, I mean, these are like real concerns. Sometimes people are not prepared for parenthood. And they expect for their child to be a certain way. Now to be that way. I mean, look, turn on investigation discovery, watch anything, watch the promos of evil lives here. You know, there the there's a man on there that says, Not everybody has the opportunity to raise a sociopath like I did. I mean, and the, who wants to? You know, nobody wants to be in that position where you raise somebody who goes off and and kills people. What, uh, whatever. I mean, I don't think Kenya is going to do that to her daughter. Of course not. But I think that Kenya has a lot of abandonment issues because her mother abandoned her. Now, I don't know what the deal is, why her mom abandoned her, why her mother wants nothing to do with her. You know, her mother could be experiencing her own shame. Um, you know, I don't know how old her mom was when she had her, but clearly there, there's a lot of things going on um, with Kenya and her mother that I have not really found online. Nothing that I know that um, has been disclosed. I really don't know. The situation is, though, is that Kenya, I believe, was raised by her grandmother. So she was brought up knowing that her mother did not want her. And how does this affect trust as a whole? Um, it affects in many ways. It affects in the way of who she associates herself with, the the friendships that she has with people, the understanding of those friendships. And I feel like a lot of the times Kenya only is friends with somebody when they won't or they will not answer back to whatever it is that she's going through because she has all of the answers. She's fabulous, you know, gone with the wind, fabulous. Nobody could be better than her. And, and all of her friends, you know, Cynthia, namely, 
who doesn't really speak back to her. And Cynthia, I'll get to, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really not discussing Cynthia in this because, you know, there's just really nothing to discuss, but Kenya, she did something really fucked up. Two things that she did fucked up in, in, in this season. So Marlo seems to be coming in on her own. I'm surprised that she's not even a part of the cast, but she has definitely been quite of a guest appearance. Um, the Real Housewives of Atlanta. As a matter of fact, she's been showing up more than Nene has. And that's a whole nother scandal altogether that I'm not even going to get into because I'm going to tell you right now, I am a big fan of Nene Leaks. There are people like, oh, yeah, well, I could still watch The Real Housewives of Atlanta without her. Well, good for you. And I'm glad. But Nene Leaks is you know, she's been there from day one. She is what makes the show. She's having this big thing with Kenya. I think Kenya is being super disrespectful because she thinks that she can. And she's angry because, you know, Nini called my baby a buffalo, whatever, Kenya. I mean, it's like the things that this woman does is just out of this world. And she, she has a true level of disrespect for people on the cast and you know hence the reason why she wasn't there for a hot minute not even her husband respects her I mean her husband doesn't even want to be around her he lives in New York I mean you know he he takes care of his child I know that but who wants a man who's not present in their life and it just seems that because of her understanding of trust she really doesn't have any um do I think that she has friends outside of the, the crew that we see on TV that she probably trusts? Sure. Who knows how those friendships or relationships are? But it seems like for the TV, for the camera, she just seems to make choices that is not good for her. And getting involved with a man who she got married to, didn't invite any of her friends. None of her friends was, was at her wedding. And she goes and she has a baby with him. And he's not really present. He's very good friends with Nini. I mean, I don't know if that's going on now. But, I mean, just the things that that's happening. And you choose a man to be with you in your life. But now you can't really trust him because he's just outside gallivanting and doing whatever subconsciously she's picking people in her life that she knows at the end of the day she will not find to be able to trust them this is what I'm trying to say um I think sometimes as human beings we tend to make choices that we know what the end result is going to be and we do that because we get comfortable in our skin about the choices we are making. Why pick something that we know is going to probably be a good thing um, when we could just feel like we're controlling the situation and just keep picking the same kind of people to be in our lives that will really serve no purpose. I think that if Kenya got some real therapy and really trusted somebody that she could talk to that 
can help her be effective and in making decisions, she will probably be a better person. But if you look at Kenya and you look at the way she talks to people and you see the eye rolls and the faces that she makes and the look in her eyes, you can just tell that she's a very angry person and she trusts no one. And this is why I say if when this little girl, not if, but when this little girl grows up, and she has her own personality and her own voice. It can go many different ways. It can be she will love her daughter and nurture everything about her, or she's going to hate her. I mean, I hate to put it that way, but I don't know. I mean, you know, sometimes I feel like my own mother hates me, and not because not because of anything specific I think it's just a variety of things and I think a lot of it just has to do with you know with her choices and and things that happen in her life and maybe I don't know I'm not going to get into it (laughs) I'm just not I'll I'll put it in my biography but my autobiography I should say (laughs) I remember somebody had told me that somebody had wrote a book about themselves and it was the unauthorized biography autobiography of their own life I don't know who does that but good luck to you that you're writing things about yourself and it's unauthorized I mean I don't I don't know but um I'll read you what I wrote in my notes um I said that she has abandonment issues. Not understanding the value of friendship comes from unconditional love. Her definition of friendship is what she can get out of them. And if you don't play her way, she's out to get you. Now, here is one example. Tanya, who is the very lively girl in the group, she's not part of the cast, but she was introduced to the group through Nini. Um, She took everybody to um, Canada for the um, carnival. Oh my God, it was so beautiful. I want to go to Canada for that. But let me not say that because the shit show might be listening and I don't want to say where I'm going to be and then he's going to be there because now he's becoming a little stalkerish. Okay. So they went to Canada, they went to Carnival, and the long suspected thing that everybody has wondered if Kenya was wearing a wig. She has been accused of wearing a wig. She acts like her, you know, this is my hair, it's all natural, blah, 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 and it's not. So she left a wig at the hotel and she asked Tanya if she can pick up something for her that she left behind. I guess it was like in a bag or something like that. Now, when you agree to take, you know, whatever, I don't know, Kenya has money. Couldn't you buy another one? That's just a side note, but they're in Canada. Canada is another country, which means that whatever it is that you're bringing back from Canada they are allowed to go through your suitcase to make sure that you're not bringing back anything to the United States that you're not supposed to be bringing back. And I think vice versa, I think that they could check your suitcase, Canada, that you're not leaving with anything that's not supposed to leave their country. So 
uh, Tanya, being the smart person that she is, she did look in the bag and found that it was a wig. Now, she shared this with the girls, which, of course, infuriated Kenya. And in turn, she bought some lady who accused Tanya's boyfriend of hitting on her. And it was very, very dirty. It was messy. It was a fucked up thing to do. I mean, you know, when you look at the levels of a wig that you were exposed that you wear a wig and then you bring some bitch who wants to get exposure for her bakery by, you know, by both of them being liars and accusing Tanya's boyfriend of hitting on her. That is like way below the belt and no fucking respect whatsoever. And of course now trust goes out the window. You know what they say? It takes years to build trust. And once you have that trust, you will look at this person like you will not go any farther than that. You will believe that they are there for you, that they have your back, that they will not hurt you, that they will not take things from your past and throw it in your face and in an instant, that could be taken away just by one incident. Now, from what I understand, Tanya was friends with Kenya. She did trust her in, in things that she was talking about. And now that trust is out the window. Why? Because of this stupid cookie lady. Whatever. It's very, very stupid. And, you know, I think that what Kenya does is not even for TV or drama purposes. I believe that she is that type of person not to be trusted. And um, I mean, even Cynthia has become that kind of a person. She was there at the, at the table. Oh, well, let me just get my name clear. Let me just, you know, say my part so that I'm clear. You know, when things like that start to happen and you're like a group of friends and you, you have to defend yourself and clear your name, that's not a good thing. That's not a good Look, what kind of a friend are you? Maybe you need to reevaluate all of your friendships and the people that you're hanging out with. I've had to do it many of times. You know, there were people that I was friends with and I thought I was going to be friends with them forever. And then they just started to do like really fucked up shit or like embarrassing me in the street so that they can look good. I had a friend like that once and, um, I didn't like that at all. I mean, and she, it wasn't like a one-time incident. It was constant for years. And I don't think that your friends should embarrass you like that so that they look good standing next to you. It's one thing if they're embarrassing you, but in a joking way. But when it's done with malicious intent, you just know. You don't like the way it makes you feel. And I had this one friend and she would do that to me. And I really didn't like the way it made me feel at all. And it's weird because she's actually following my Instagram account that I made for my dogs. <laughs> yes, they have their own Instagram account. But she must have blocked me on my Maribel Blue Instagram account. Or maybe I blocked her. I don't know. Whatever the case may be, um, 
I can't find her through that account. But yet, you know, she's commenting on my dog's account. Oh, my God, so cute and whatever. And I don't know about that. I will discuss a little bit about that right now, now that it's come up. We were friends, um, I think, going back in, in the late 90s, I want to say. And um, I really, you know, valued and trusted her opinion. But then at the same time, there were things that she said that were extremely malicious and hurtful. And I never said anything about it. Like, I would just stay quiet because I felt like if I said something to her, it would just be worse. And there was there was a time where, you know, she would call me bitch all the time. And I always felt like if you're amongst female friends, you shouldn't call each other bitches. I mean, now, like, we kind of do it and it's very you know, light and airy. And I don't know, I think back then, you know, when you were being called a bitch, it was like some kind of movement, you know, with women. And, and I mean, this was like right before I had started my own magazine. So the word bitch at that time was, you know, misconstrued into a difficult, it represented like a difficult woman, a bad woman. Oh, you're such a bitch, you know, like, like that. And it wasn't very nice. Now we say it and it doesn't mean like the same thing. It's like now, you know, people use choice words that weren't like acceptable, except acceptable <laughs> back then. And now all of a sudden, you know, there are just some words that people use all the time and they act like it's okay. Personally, for me, there are some words that... um I will not use even being a, a, a brown person, you know, a Latina woman. Um, I just don't, you know, I mean, you know, my family has, my extended family has used that word, um, you know, joking around and stuff like that. And that's just among us ending in a not ER, but um, you know, it's something that, that they have done for years, but we're brown people and, you know, we can make jokes like that. But, you know, out in the street, like when I was living in the Bronx, I would hear it all the time. And I'm like, people, like, stop it. Stop using that word. It's so ugly. Even with the A. I don't know. I just had issues with that. But ugh. when getting back to, you know, my friend, when she would like say certain things, it was just very not nice to me. And I finally said something and she apologized, but I felt like, I don't know, I had like a mix, mixed bag of feelings. Like it wasn't just one. I felt this or I felt that. It was, it was definitely a mixed bag of feelings. And because I felt at the time that she just came off so insincere and gruff that I really did not trust her as a good friend. Um, I try to be a good friend to her all of the time, and I try to be as forthcoming as I was. But unfortunately, our friendship fell apart. And no matter how many times I've tried to explain, I'm not going to get into the situation because it's very personal and private. 
Um, and it's not for me to speak of out loud, but when I've tried to explain my part and for her to try and understand what it was I was coming from with my concerns with her, it fell on deaf ears. I was a bitch. I was this. I was that. I was not a real friend. I was evil, blah, blah, blah. And I'm spreading lies. Okay, fine. If that's the way she wants to view it, then I have to let her be and let her have those experiences. And I think this is one of the things I learned about even trusting myself and where it is that I come from is that at the end of the day, you have to let people be and let them have their own journey and experiences. You can't control other people's feelings and you have to trust that whatever it is that they're going through, that they're going to be okay. And that's like trust on another level. I have my own experiences with that. There are some things that goes on in my life. And I think to myself, you know, I don't want to think about it because it, it's too painful. Or um, if there's somebody that I like and just knowing that they, you know, will not be a part of my life. Or, you know, if I think in that capacity, if I never hear from them again, I'll be really sad or I'll be really hurt. Like, I don't like thinking in that way, but I also have to trust in this journey that whatever is going to happen, it's going to happen and it's going to be all right. And I'm going to be fine. And, you know, unfortunately for Kenya, <laughs> going back to the Real Housewives of Atlanta, she does not think in that capacity. And it's sad because if we just allow a process and not force things because we want it to be this way. I mean, it's, it's another thing that comes up in The Bachelor. And I'm going to make a note of that because I got to take a break. But, you know, like I said, if we do not force things um, and we just allow a process, we are going to be fine. And I'm going to take a short break, of course, and we will be right back with more Maribel Blue Unfiltered. The topic discussion tonight is about trust in family, relationships, and friendships, and how that affects all of us, how that affects our decisions. We will be right back with more Unfiltered. <laughs> Dallas-bound subs and fetishists, this is Mistress Daria, kink enthusiast extraordinaire, inviting you to come stay in my dungeon, play in my dungeon, or visit me on one of the many extensive tours I do throughout the year. Learn more about me at www.mistressdaria.com. Be sure to read the FAQ and fill out the application page before contacting. You can also check me out on Twitter and Instagram as Mistress Daria. Look forward to hearing from you soon. Spanks. 
A private shopping experience is always available at kinkeinc.adultshopping.com. Receive all of your shipments in non-marked packages. Use offer code KEM2019 and get 10% off your entire purchase. Interested in bulk items? Contact kinkemagazine at gmail.com for all of your bulk party needs. And for everything else online, be sure to visit kinkemag.com. Hey everyone, this is the Alyssa Black, and you're listening to Maribel Blue Unfiltered on KEM Top Talk Radio. Hey everyone, we are back. This is your host Maribel Blue with another KEM Top Talk Unfiltered. Thank you to Miss Alyssa Black for her shout out, Mistress Onyx, and uh, the Bus Pimp. And um, yeah, thank you so much for all of those shout outs. I hope to get more. So before we continue on with the um, the trust topic, I just want to make some quick announcements on what's happening in Kink E Magazine world. I just recently had the pleasure of of interviewing. I was going to say introducing. It's actually interviewing Miss. Mistress Jasmine Corvina. Um, you can hear that interview on Skyhawk After Dark, and that's skyhawkafterdark.com. I really, really enjoyed interviewing her. She has, I mean, it's so wonderful when you can interview people with such wealth of information and the things that she does for the BDSM community and her submissive and people who seek out her therapy and advice. She is super smart. I love her, and I'm definitely doing a feature on her within the magazine. So you can hear the full interview on Skyhawk After Dark. And, of course, there's uh, an array of platforms that you can hear it on. You can hear it on Anchor FM. We just created an account there and uh, Spotify. The links are there because I don't know what I don't know if you have to pay for for an account for the uh, Spotify thing. So it's like a whole bunch of numbers after it. So I would say go to kinkymag.com. Um, click on the top article that says KEM Top Talk interviews features. Mistress Jasmine Corvine on Skyhawk After Dark, and you can hear all of the interviews on these different platforms. Um, and definitely support Skyhawk After Dark. There's a lot of shows there. It's not just my shows. There are a lot of other shows there that you can take the time out and listen to. They are all super interesting and um, very entertaining and yeah, I mean, I think it's it's great, you know, what what we're doing, uh, Skyhawk Radio and Skyhawk After Dark, and just all of these things that we're putting together. Um, the other announcement that I wanted to make was maybe I should do a drum roll and, and not like 
with my own mouth, but with actual uh, drum roll here. So let's do a little bit of a drum roll. That's so short, that drum roll. I got to find something longer. We are going to be featuring the first Kink E Magazine Awards. It's going to be online. It's not going to be like in an actual place or anything like that. Um, It's something that I've been thinking about for quite a while. And I'm saying, you know, like all these people are doing all of these awards and we should have been fucking doing that shit a long time ago. So, yes. There is going to be a Kinky Magazine Award. Everything is going to be online. So I'm going to be setting up a voting poll. And um, not poll, poll. (laughs) And um, I'm just making a note here because I don't want to forget. The winner announcement I'm not going to say when that will gonna what's going to be, but yes. All of that is going to be planned out accordingly. And I had a very interesting conversation with a business advisor and we were going over through a bunch of stuff. And um, so I have a lot of my work cut out for me. So yes, there will be a kinky magazine online awards. You will be able to vote for, uh, nominees and then from there it will be the actual voting the winners will be announced later this year you don't necessarily have to um, have been interviewed in the magazine although it would be quite nice if we can have people that were interviewed in the past to be recognized for the things that they've done in the community and I think the wonderful thing about this is that it's going to be catered more to the dominatrix community, um, you know, not just in the entertainment part, but also the educational part, how they've contributed to the community. And I think it's super important to recognize people within the fetish community. Um, We get recognized as like some kind of freaks. We live like these unnatural lives and you have no idea how, people are so super helpful and so smart. I mean, it's just, I think for me, this is an incredible community. I love everybody. I love everything that they do. I don't love everybody, but I love mostly everybody. (laughs) I love everything that they do. I mean, you know, there have been many people that have asked me, well, how come you're not a pro dom? I mean, there's a lot of different reasons why I'm not, and I'm not opposed to it. It's just that, you know, maybe maybe if things are a little different, I can. But, um, you know, right now I enjoy doing the interviews, featuring people, watching things that they do, learning from them, listening to the educational aspects and just having, knowing these great group of peoples and everything that they do and contribute, I think is so important. So I definitely, I do have a list down. Um, Even a writer, somebody that had joined the magazine, definitely join the magazine. You can put up forums and things of that nature. Um, Came up with 
suggestions on what type of awards to give away. So I'm definitely going to be doing all of that. I took that under suggestion. I want to add that to the list because I think the ideas that they came up with was fantastic to give away awards. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm very, very, very excited to have the first Kinky Magazine online awards. And if it ends up going, you know, to a destination where we can have an actual award ceremony, that would be great. But that will require sponsors. So if you're listening to this show And I definitely will be making an announcement again in one of the next KEM Top Talk interviews. Um, Just keep looking out, and hopefully you will be interested in sponsoring these awards and also getting recognized for it. So that would be great. Speaking of which, there will be a new interview coming out next week. I interviewed Caitlin Bailey. She owns the website decriminalizesex.work. Um, I also subscribe to the site. They are an organization to help end human trafficking and promoting health and safety. I did a fantastic interview with her, and I got really emotional in one part of a story that she told, and I'm glad that she took over because I think she heard my voice breaking at some point, and it was just a lot to take in of things that happen when, you know, people get into sex work and whether it's by choice or whether it's forced, sometimes the ending is not great, you know, and it's really not good. So I did an interview with Caitlin and I joined her site. I'm looking forward to working with her on any capacity where we can offer information on Kinky Magazine to help the community to stay safe. That's really, really super important, you know, that that people communicate with each other. If you're going somewhere, if you're meeting somebody and you don't know who they are or, you know, maybe your vetting system fell through somewhere, please let somebody know who you're meeting and where you're going to. I know people get like really super paranoid. Oh, I don't want people stealing my clients or stealing my money and blah, blah, blah. You know what? Money can be replaced anytime. Your life cannot. Um, It just can't. So please, you must stay safe and play safe. Um, So yeah, that interview will be coming out next week on Skyhawk After Dark. And like I said, there's a bunch of shows on Skyhawk After Dark. There, uh, There's articles, um, Sex with Strangers, Strictly Anonymous, and my friend's podcast. Oh, why isn't this coming up? Purely Woman Podcast, Two Girls on One Mic. So there's all these different great shows on there that you can entertain yourself with, skyhawkafterdark.com. And again, if you're interested in advertising, of course, we got to promote this as well. If you're interested in advertising on KEM Top Talk, on Skyhawk After Dark, on Kinky Magazine, and the new Kinky Magazine, Kinky Nation Directory, or even here, Unfiltered, contact kinkymagazine at gmail.com. We have different packages. They're cheap. It's not expensive. If you're serious about your business and you're serious about promotion, Hit me up. Let's talk.
There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with advertising. Don't believe anything that people say about marketing. A lot of people are just saying it just to say it. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about. You definitely have to advertise. You can't just rely on social media alone. Yes, there are many effective ways to market and 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 promote your business, but you can't just do one aspect. You have to do everything, not just one thing. And there are so many smart people out there who can help you with that. And when you group everybody together, your business will flourish. So it's super important, you know, that you just don't use one aspect to market yourself. You've got to use everything to help you and your business. And we're here to help. Yes, we want to make money, but we're also here to help. I'm not you know, just about taking money and saying, all right, thanks, you know, that you get in a shoe store. (laughs) Craziness. So that's what's going on in the kinky magazine world. Now let's get back into trust, trust in reality TV world and how this is affecting so many different relationships. Now we're going to move on to the Real Housewives of New Jersey, and I want to focus in on my favorite. She was my favorite the minute she came onto the show. Her name is Margaret Josephs. I love her. I think that she is absolutely fantastic. You know what's so funny? I like watching her eat because it's just something about her when she's eating food. She just looks like she's enjoying every bit and bite. I just love it. (laughs) I don't know if anybody feels that way. I mean, that's just me. I'm a little kooky myself, but I think Margaret Joseph is the best. And one of the things I wanted to mention about Margaret Joseph is that I noticed she is like super trusting. I think she wears her heart on her sleeve. She she was friends with Teresa. She kind of has like this up-down relationship with her. And, you know, she gifted Teresa, um, I can't think of it off of the top of my head. It was like a wreath of flowers. And Teresa's mother sadly had passed away. And she gifted her this wreath and, and, and did like something where, you know, they could throw it into the water, like I guess write a letter or what have you. And, of course, that stirred the pot with some other bitch that was on there. I can't even remember her name. She's long gone, and thank goodness, because at first she was, like, really cool. But then after that, she just got, like, really stupid. And, I mean, she's off the show. Thank goodness. We don't – oh, I remember her name. I'm not even going to say it because it's just so stupid. But um, she – didn't like Margaret. And of course, it's understandable. Margaret is a fantastic person. However, I think that Margaret can be too trusting. And she became friends with Danielle. Now, I've had, I had, I was fortunate, and I think it's still on my DVR. They have been showing first seasons on Bravo, and they they showed the first season of Real Housewives of New Jersey, which Danielle Staub was in the cast originally. And I believe that was the first season where Teresa called her a prostitution whore and, like, flipped the table and all of this stuff. So um, Danielle, I don't think she trusted anybody from the get. I don't believe that... Uh, she ever came from a sincere place. 
I think that uh, Danielle has a lot of issues with friendships, keeping people in her life because she's threatened by everything and everyone that comes along the way. And when that happens, she puts these walls up. I mean, it's, it's the same way with Kenya. It's no different. She puts the walls up. She wants to attack and she wants to use things that you've shared with her in private or what, you know, whatever the situation was and throw it back at you. Example of Margaret was very open about how she met her husband, Joe. She met him. I don't know if he was fixing up something in her house and they got attracted to each other and she was having an affair with him. And, um, and it ended her marriage with her ex-husband, Jan. Now her and Jan are really good friends. I believe that some of his children do not speak to Margaret. I don't know what, how many children, they don't have them together, but I believe that, you know, he, he had children like from a previous relationship or previous marriage. I'm not sure of the, the situation, but Margaret basically raised them. And I think when, you know, when the thing happened with Margaret going outside of her relationship and meeting with Joe, that it really hurt Jan's children and some of them didn't want to speak to her. And it's painful. I mean, I'm, I'm I can understand on some certain level, but at the same time, you know, we don't know the nitty gritty of what was going on with her and Jan that made her walk away from that relationship and find love with Joe. I mean, clearly something was going on because if nothing was going on and everything was perfect, we would not be seeing Joe. We would be seeing Jan on the show. And we've seen Jan on the show. I mean, like, you know, she said that she's been friends with him, but we can't just say that Margaret and Jan had this perfect relationship clearly they did not she found love with joe and that's that what's bad is danielle knowing this information and then in the constant bickering that's been going on between her and margaret she throws it in her face how she you know cheated on her husband and the thing that keeps getting thrown back at Danielle was how she was a prostitute and fucked other people's husbands. I mean, you know, there really is no necessity for that. But in a fight, when you're fighting with somebody and you're arguing with them, you're going to dig up things that's going to hurt somebody because you're hurt and you don't want to deal with that hurt. And this is a reality for many people. This is not just something that you see on reality TV. This is a reality for people. When I am hurt about something, and I'm just using this, you know, as a scenario, I'm not talking about me per se. I'm just talking about me in general. When I am hurt about something and I know information about what that person shared with me. And in an argument, I will throw it at them because I want them to experience the same hurt that I am experiencing right now. And that's not a good thing because when we are hurt, as humans, we don't like to feel that. Nobody wants to feel hurt. Nobody wants to feel sad or depressed or disappointed. 
No one wants to feel that. We all want to be happy. We all want to feel a sense of security, you know, with our family, with our friends, and with our lovers, whoever it is that that we're involved with, with our husbands, wives, whatever the case may be. We want to feel a sense of security. And I think with Margaret is that she loves so much that goes against her. Because here she is advising this creepazoid that married Danielle, Marty. He's another fucking idiot, you know? And and she's telling Marty, oh, you can find somebody better and you can do better and Danielle this and Danielle that. And what is this motherfucker doing? He's going back and telling Danielle everything that Margaret is saying. Now, of course, the season is out. It's not like these women are not watching it back because they know that there's going to be stuff that's going to be said that's not in their presence that they are going to watch back on television. Then, and of course you see the banter going on on Twitter and the blogs and all of that stuff just all over the place. But, um, Oh my God, my father, I have to say this. My father made shrimp for dinner. It was so good. And now my stomach is bothering me and I'm burping and I'm like, Oh God. So I'm sorry if you hear me, if you hear me burping, I apologize, but, um, I have a little bit of heartburn now but getting back to Margaret and and everything that's going on is that the Marty is going back and saying everything that she's saying and it's being thrown back in Margaret's face. So I would say to Margaret that I appreciate the love that you give to these women and that you care so much. But please Give it to people who actually are going to care back because I love this woman. She, to me, is like the hero, you know, the the inspiration of what I aspire to be as a business woman. And I love everything that she does. So when I see that that good place of how she's sharing that maybe Marty deserves better, Look, at the end of the day, if Marty is going back to Danielle and saying, she's saying X, Y, Z, Marty deserves to be with Danielle and Danielle deserves to be with Marty because they are both in the same mindset, pity. So leave them there and move on and be with people who care about the things that you're saying and the things that you're doing and supporting you. You have a big fan base. They all support you. They all love you. I think your husband is spectacular. He stands by your side. And I hope that one day I can find that too in a guy. I thought I did, but you know, that's a whole other story. And that's a whole other show. (laughs) And maybe one day I'll talk about it. I don't know. But ideally, I would like him standing by my side because, you know, he's a variety of things. He, he looks good. He smells good. And he's smart. And he's everything that I want in a man. And, you know, I didn't think that for a long time. And if you see the stupid look on my face now, people would say, people have told me that 
I mean, even uh, talking with my new associate at Skyhawk, <laughs> at Skyhawk Radio, I had asked him, I said, you know, people have said when I talk about him that they think that I'm in love with him. What do you see? And he's like, oh, yeah, you got it bad. You're in love. So maybe I am. Who knows? Nobody will know the truth. <laughs> oh, it's only the one person that should know the truth. And when he's ready and he's open, then I will share it with him. But otherwise, I'm not going to share it with the world. They could all assume whatever it is that I'm feeling. But um, it's up for me to disclose that. And I'm moving on to, of course, the bachelor <laughs> we can't have a trust show without talking about the bachelor now this past week was hometown date let me tell you something i have been blogging i was editing one of my articles and i have yet to finish i'm telling you it's like this week has just been like really bad i've just been awful at making commitment and sitting and and writing but Needless to say, it was hometown dates this week. Everybody disclosed how they're feeling. They're falling in love with Peter and all of this stuff. And we're getting closer and closer to this whole, the mother falling apart, bring her home to us. Nobody knows who she's talking about. I have no fucking clue who she's talking about. Everybody wants to believe that it's Hannah B. And who knows? Maybe maybe it is. Maybe the family did fall in love with Hannah B. And Peter did, but now he has all of these other women that are vying for his heart. And I don't know if he really ends up. To be honest with you, I think that Peter doesn't end up with anybody at the end of the show. We're not going to know anything until probably after the final rose. Um, a lot of people thought he was going to wind up with Victoria P. And, you know, I knew that that shit wasn't going to last only because this bitch was talking about how she wasn't friends with uh, Alaya, whatever her name is. And she only knew her for like five minutes, but you were planning and went to Vegas. A trip with her. So I'm glad he got rid of her. The one thing that I was surprised after hometown dates and after everybody disclosed, I'm falling in love with you, and and they're waiting to hear it back and all of this bullshit, that he sent um, Kelsey home. I should have said, hey, there's going to be a spoiler alert, so if I spoiled it for you, I'm sorry. But yes, spoiler alert, (laughs) he sent Kelsey home. Now, I was surprised because I thought that Victoria was going to go home after this whole shit came down with some woman who happened to be Peter's ex-girlfriend and told him, hey, listen, I don't think that you should be going out with that girl because she breaks up relationships. Oh, my God. You know, trust. (laughs) Trust in the journey. I think when an ex comes back and, you know, she had her face covered and everything. It's like, bitch, you got something to say, uncover your face. Why are you not, why are you hiding? 
Why aren't you showing your face? You have so much bullshit to talk about. Show your fucking face. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. You should be showing your face. You should not be ashamed and be hiding in some kind of fucking blur and talking about, oh, you shouldn't be with her because she breaks up relationships. And then now Peter, who had like this fantastic date with Victoria, now he's distressed and he's distressing her and I don't know. And then like you didn't meet the family. What the fuck? These people are waiting to meet you and you didn't go inside because you had to make this thing a big fucking deal with your ex-girlfriend talking all of this shit. Where did the trust go? You see what I'm saying? Now, I think a lot of the whole bachelor thing is full of shit. But this is a perfect situation of why would you let somebody else deter you from making a decision about somebody that you're with and you feel confident about. You see, that's fucked up, okay? I think that a similar situation happened to me with this old bag who was doing some shit like that, you know? People talking a lot of shit, they don't have facts to back it up, and then they go and tell the other person, well, maybe it's not a good idea because of what I think or what I feel. Where's the trust in all of this? Where is the trust within yourself of what you feel with this person and this journey, you know, this journey of love that he's going through? So I don't know. I think that what happened was fucked up. I think him bringing it up and not having respect for a family that was waiting for him, waiting to meet him so that they can find out how he feels about their daughter. In all reality, I really expected for her to go home, but he sent Kelsey home. Whatever. I mean, you know, the heart is going to feel what it's going to feel. You're going to love who you're going to love. The heart cannot help that. But at the same time, you still have to trust in the person. Now, here's a good question. And I heard this on, on, because I'm like way behind on listening to Howard Stern, but here's a, a, a thing that Robin had brought up on the show is that, do you have to disclose everything to your potential partner about past relationships or things that happened in the past. I mean, you know, when you had Victoria P and she had like, I guess one of her one-on-one dates, or I don't know if she had multiples or just one, I can't really remember. I would have to go back and see, but um, why is it that you're, you're going through the whole drama of how your father died and you were homeless and taking care of your sisters and when, when, when you were crying and you had nothing to eat and all. I mean, it's just, it's so much for a person to take in. And is that even good to talk about like on a first date? Shouldn't you ease into that? Like later on in the date, another woman, oh, I forget her name. She's, she's one of the, the, the final three. Now, apparently she's a virgin, Madison, and she has not disclosed that to Peter. 
And she basically gave him an ultimatum because now you know that the dates are the, the overnight dates are coming up and she gave him an ultimatum that if you're going to have sex with the other two ladies, I cannot be with you. Look, <laughs> given this unique situation, okay, some people want to try out the goods before they look to long term. Now, I don't know why he kept her, but when she started talking about the I love the Lord shit, and he had that that blank look on his face, that's the time where you need to be like, do I really want to be with this person? Um, do I really want to get involved in this whole Christianity thing and be committed in that way? I mean, look, you know what? People have their religions and they have their own belief systems. And then you have the over-the-top people. I got to be at church every Sunday. Or I got to be at church every Saturday. I got to do this volunteer. And, and, and Jesus this and Jesus that. Like, you know, like Jesus is their middle name. And for me, I can't do it. If I know that a person is going to be that committed when it comes to religion, I have to call the whole thing off. I don't want to be with a person like that because... First and foremost, that's not a system that I believe in. And I'm not going to be with a person who's going to be constantly talking up religion and shit that I don't want to hear, shit that I don't agree with, shit that I feel that has gotten way out of control. I don't want to be a part of it. So, no. If it's one thing that you believe in it and you're quiet about it, but when you're over the top, you know, and it's constant, like radicalized, no, no, it's not for me. I don't want to be a part of it. So he has these three women now, Victoria, like I was talking about Victoria, boohooing and all of this stuff. That's not a way to build trust. You don't build trust in a relationship by disclosing all of your personal business in one shot. Sometimes people get overwhelmed. I know I would be overwhelmed. And again, real life example, when I was with, you know, the last guy I was with, that uh, shit show ex, I can't even say my ex. It's just like, I mean, it's like once again, here I was on my computer when I'm looking to make the flyer for the show, come across like some of his pictures and I'm deleting and I'm deleting videos and actually, that picture that I used for today, I put up, it was a picture that I took while I was talking to him. This was before I met him. So you see how pretty I looked, and I didn't look distressed or anything like that. It was only after he got here that all the shit started to become apparent, and then I got, like, really stressed out. Um and I deleted like more pictures and I deleted videos. There was even this one video that I was like, I love you. And I deleted that because it has no relevance to me whatsoever. There's no reason why I need to continue to save this. There's nothing for me to save. However, I will say this, that in the process of him pursuing me, I really trusted this person and the fact that they were coming from a sincere place and that they cared. It was only upon arrival that 
a few days later, not literally, not weeks, not months, but like a few days later that I started to put together that there are some serious issues here. And how do I deal with it? How do I continue being in this relationship? And as far as the trust factor is concerned, I stopped trusting myself in this. I felt as though the decisions that I was making was not healthy. And I didn't know how to make it right. And I was so ashamed of that that I had trouble sharing it with like my really good friends and just telling them, I made a mistake. I don't want to be with this man. I don't love this man. I cannot see myself exchanging vows with somebody that I don't love. Help me get out of this. I didn't trust anybody to guide me out. I mean, you know, finally... He was gone after, you know, after a year of of a lot of bullshit, a lot of being broke. When I look at some television shows about con artists and scam artists, I put him in that category. Now, whether I was scammed or con, I don't know. I think part of me doesn't want to know if that was the end game. And I never really talked about this because, like I said, I was ashamed that I made a mistake. And I couldn't tell anybody. I was so embarrassed. I thought I knew better. I mean, I'm not a relationship expert. But I've seen enough. I've heard enough. I've seen my friends go through shit with partners that at the end of the day, they knew it wasn't going to work out. And they broke it off. And, 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 and they made a clean break. And I didn't know how to do that. So... Because of that, because of that situation, I find at times I don't trust my choices in who my next partner will be. Now, granted that when I started working for my client last year and I was working directly with this guy... I didn't think anything of it. I didn't find him attractive. I thought he was cute, but he was somebody that I did not see myself with. And after a while, when you're working with somebody and you're talking with them and you're having these conversations and you're laughing and you're being goofy and you're playing jokes on each other, 
And then all of a sudden, it's like you find yourself in a place that you're feeling feelings you didn't expect to feel. And that was the way I felt. But again, because of my previous experience of being with somebody that I trusted will come here and be my life partner and we would take care of each other. And it ended up being the fucking opposite, but a a freaking nightmare that I just wish would go away, that it never happened. Now I see the difference. But like I said, I still hold back because I'm afraid. I don't want to get hurt. I don't trust. And you know we we're all going to go we're all going to go through our stuff in life. We're all going to be hurt by people. Unfortunately, <laughs> I mean it's, you know, it's not it shouldn't be part of life, but it happens. We could be friends with somebody for many years. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, something can happen to break that trust in your friendship. I mean, look, there are times that I don't tell my mother things because I don't trust her intentions of where she's coming from. Do I believe my mother loves me? Absolutely. I know that she does. But she can also be very vindictive in the things that come out of her mouth. And there are a lot of times I don't tell her anything because I feel that, you know what, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go there, but needless to say, I'm going to feel what I'm going to feel and I'm going to go through my own personal journey in, within my trust issues. And, you know, we all have to go through it in life. I mean, there's there's no other way to put it. There are, like I said, there are people that, that will hurt us for whatever reason. There are people who will let us down. There are people that, that I have found, you know, I thought was like a good friend. And then, um, and then I'm finding out different. So it sucks but it's part of life and it shouldn't define how we deal with the next person that comes into our lives. Do I want the opportunity to love somebody freely without worrying about if I'm going to get hurt? Are they going to let me down? Are they pretending to be somebody else like the last person I was with and they ended up being a boohoo fest every day and using that as a means to to stay around because they wanted me to feel sorry for them. Yeah, I do get worried about that. But, you know, it's my process. It's something that I have to go through. And And just the same way with these reality TV stars, they're real people. Yeah, you know, the camera's going to edit for what looks good on TV. But at the end of the day, every one of these people are real. And they're living real lives right now, like I'm living a real life, like you're living a real life, and so on and so forth. It's how we deal with 
our situations and what we learn from it. And even though I'm angry at myself for allowing a relationship that I knew wasn't going to work out for as long, for it lasted for as long as it did, it's my process that I have to go through. And hopefully one day um, it won't be part of my show. (laughs) I would like that very much so. And that it will be a past history. So with all that being said, I want to thank everybody for listening tonight. Um, I want to thank people that were, you know, invading the chat room and saying really shitty things and calling. Thank you for not calling (laughs) and for making my show back so peaceful where there's sanity and there's focus. See, you got to trust in the process. Trust in the process, I say. And I have to say that to myself. I have to trust in in the process. And, um, of course, next week there's going to be more unfiltered. I'm going to devise a topic. And as you know, there has not been any late-night conversations on Thursday. It has been quite the challenge to do two shows, two live shows in one week. And then also I'm recording interviews. I'm writing out interviews. I'm doing stuff. I'm writing out articles on Unfiltered that I need to put up. I did put up something recently, like I said, the Shaws of Sunset on the top of the show. So you can read that on Maribel Blue Unfiltered. And of course you can hear Jasmine Corvina's interview on Skyhawk After Dark and all of that information you can find on kinkymag.com. If you want to advertise, you can email me at kinkymagazine at gmail.com and I'll be able to help you with advertising, etc. And with all that being said, again, thank you for listening to the show. This is your host, Maribel Blue, signing off. And as always, how I end all of my shows. Always remember, be good to each other, be good to yourself, and most importantly, take care of you. Good night, everybody. Until next week.